and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, chubby chaser, author, public speaker, and today I am a writerly writer boy. I've gotten so my I've gotten myself so deep into so many little writing projects, and I'm just happy like a pig in words. <laughs> Uh, I'm just picturing a pig wrapped in newspaper now. <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I am a super chub living here in Los Angeles. And today I am a coffee boy again. <laughs> I have my iced coffee. We all are. Yeah. For the first time, maybe ever. Because Don got a latte. I did. I finished my coffee. But you had some coffee. Yes, yes. I did. I had plenty of coffee. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, My name is Michael. I am a chaser and... Very, very soon. By the time this episode comes out, I will be a 32-year-old 30s boy. Da, so, da, 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 da. Watch out. <laughs> End of show. <laughs> uh, my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a spicy chai boy, everybody. Mm. Everyone ready for a spicy chai kind of show? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't caffeinate before shows. I can get a little weird. But he took our pistols away. <laughs> oh, I still have mine. <laughs> Trevor, yeah. No one's going to take away Trevor's pistol. <laughs> Michael's 32, but we also have another thing. Our Patreon is live. That's Yay! right. Our Patreon is zero years old. Yeah. <laughs> Newborn. Mm -hmm. Fresh it's to the world. Still got a soft spot. Don't touch and it. So the Patreon's it is going, it, it is going either good or bad, <laughs> depending on what's happened in the last three days. Yeah. Well, our Patreon's gone live. We're going to have links to it in all of our social media, I'm mm -hmm. sure. So uh, at the end of the show, we'll have our our lovely scrawl as delivered by Trevor. Or just go now, patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. That's right. Wait, I didn't catch that. Could you say that again, Trevor? Patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. Oh my God, it's like the Borg. <laughs> now somebody else has to add in. <laughs> One more time. I didn't catch that. <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. Dan, come on. <laughs> I'm, you know, we already said it. Go there. Give us some love for yeah. Michael. Yeah. It's it's going to, it it will be life changing for our podcast because our, our. Uh, life extending. I yeah. think is the term that we're going it's for. It's just sad. You know, when we finish recording, you find Michael curled up underneath his desk, mm. sobbing gently in the dark. No, so it, pay, it pays for editing among other things. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. It's, yeah. it's editing and then our ability to bring you extra content and plan cool things like live episodes. Yep. There's lots of stuff that we've been wanting to do, and this will free us up to do all of it. Yes. All right. Um, also, just some, I know, top of the show news. <gasps> I <gasps> have <gasps> my little <gasps> meme. <laughs> <Yeah>. Live. Um, <laughs> next week, we are watching and talking about The Ritz. So if you want to be up to speed, um, Don, do you want to give us a little brief? So The Ritz is a movie from 1976. It stars uh, Jack Weston, Rita Moreno, Jerry Stiller, Kay Ballard, um, and F. Murray Abraham, among others. Oh, as the beaver. <laughs> but it's basically about a, a big guy, a chubby guy, who is on the run from the mob for various reasons and ends up hiding in a gay bathhouse to escape them, uh, which leads into this big sort of farce. Um, and one of the elements of the farce is the very first depiction of a self-described chaser I ever saw growing up. Uh I literally, for some reason, I can't remember why my dad gave me permission to sit down and watch this movie on the Playboy channel. <laughs> to make a man of you, Don, make a man of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, despite it having like all this raunchy gay content and, uh, but it's it's written by a very famous playwright who was inspired by a character that Rita Moreno played in various uh, 
interesting situations. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Oh, so, my. Uh, uh, so it, we're literally watching it because it is the earliest depiction of a chaser that I'm aware of. And so if you want to be way up to speed in our next episode, uh, watch it too. Yeah, check it out. We'll be doing that episode in a week. And I'm I'm very curious because yep. yes. I don't know that I've actually seen a depiction of a chaser where they said, I am a chaser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it being a negative thing. I, I really don't. But I mean, I was like. 10 so i have no yeah, idea. yeah <laughs> we're we're taking a leap on this one we don't mm-hmm. necessarily know what to what to expect we don't guarantee quality folks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we hope for the best well we do know that the this next story in pop culture is a bit of a bummer so let's <laughs> let's tumble right We've into it hand, that sounds great a handful of us yeah <laughs> so this is from body positive university 101 mm. uh by virgie tover and this is um, a study talking about how weight discrimination may shorten life expectancy. Yay. Well, I, you know, what I do like about this is that it's not just hanging the yoke of like, well, you're fat, you're going to die. It's like, right. no, you're, you're abused. That's why you're going to die. Yes. Yeah. Weight discrimination. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, one of the most enlightening sort of, I mean, it's, it's full of a lot of very hard statistics, but one of the most enlightening points that they made for me at least was, uh, it, this was, uh, how, how'd they put it? Um, strong, the association between mortality and weight discrimination was generally stronger than that between mortality and other attributions for discrimination. It's like other kinds of yeah. discrimination. Yeah. I guess. I feel like this is a, a good article to illustrate a a comparison I don't see made often where a lot of people on the right, when they're anti-gay point at all these research things that say like, well, look, gay and transgendered youth are so depressed. They hate themselves oh, they so gays much in the 60s and 50s that too. it clearly proves that being gay is just bad for you. Mm-hmm. And then when people actually looked at it, it's like, no, you're right. You abusing all of these people <laughs> and doing terrible things and pushing them out of your families and workplaces mm-hmm. is making them depressed and suicidal. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a, any gay person can easily see this correlation. So if you're ever trying to try and describe how you feel put down this fat oppression factor, it's, it, I think it'll help get the point across that so many people have such a hard time understanding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, the thing that kills me about stuff like this, where people like what Don was saying, where people are like, you know, well, it's, it's all you, it's all you, you just, you know, you hit yourself. It's the idea that like you can say whatever you want and and somehow like not affect people like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can say all of these horrible judgmental things and oh, it's your fault if you feel bad about it. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's not how humans work. Can't you take a joke? Ooh. (laughs) And just like the basically the the health concern, the the health trolling. (laughs) And you mean the health concern is unhealthy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and just the like fat people can't get adequate healthcare mm-hmm. at just at a base level because they can't, they aren't listened to. I was watching, I saw a standup comic. It was a fat woman doing standup. She was really funny. It's just one of those YouTube shorts that just like pops up. And she was like, she was talking about how her doctor told her that she needed to get under 300 pounds if she wanted to live. <laughs> and so she was like, she worked her ass off and she lost like 40 pounds and she got under 300 pounds. And the doctor was like, Oh, Oh, you did it. <laughs> oh. And then she was like, yeah, I did it. So I'm, I'm good. Right. And the doctor was like, 
well, no, this is this is a good start. So now you just got to get lose another forty pounds. Oh She's like, hey, oh my hey. god. She's like, you told me that three hundred was the number, so I want to be two ninety nine. <laughs> that is as far as I want to take. Well, this. and how ludicrous, how absolutely how ludicrous stupid. that forty pounds is the difference between life and death. It's, I don't think so. I don't so think so. Stupid. Uh, that's why it's presented. Like absolutely, it is. No, you know, it's just absurd on on its face. I mean. That would be like saying, well, you know, you you wouldn't have been decapitated if you'd been six inches shorter. You know, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. If I had a dollar for every time I was sold that. Just science, tell us the weight we need to be to live forever. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They go, you know, you're going to die. It's like, oh, wow. You mean if I'm thin, I'll live forever? Like they don't. And they're like, no, but you're going to shorten your life. Like how long am I supposed to live? Well, this segs yeah. in very nicely to the next article in pop culture that we want to discuss. <laughs> Um, in the UK, instead of BMI, doctors oh are now recommended Christ. recommending to uh, monitor your weight by weight waist. to height ratio. Oh and this my was, god! I, I was sorry. Like, wait, this, this article was sent to in height ratio. Yeah, this was sent in by a listener. So thank you to the listener who sent this. Um, yeah, if you want to, according, <laughs> if you want to throw out that antiquated system <laughs> of BMI. measuring healthfulness uh, of, of BMI, you can just measure your stomach and compare it to your height. Instead, well, no, and I, I think it's it's some facile ratio, like it, like you should be twice as tall as you are around, and like oh, so it's still BMI, you yeah. know, it's <laughs> it's just instead of weight, it's girth, yeah, and it's just another, you know, I don't know, I think they really should start yeah. using people's ping pong scores as a health indicator. Well, on you know, the plus side, like I like the idea of not having to diet anymore to choose the perfect BMI. I can just get on that rack. Absolutely, I stretch myself another six to eight inches, and I'm looking so it should be fine. And I'm looking forward to all the you know all the supplement companies coming out with height extenders. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, if if you wear like thick lifts, does that help you? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm just picturing. You said the rack, but I like you know horses. Pulling me in every direction. It's called drawing and quartering. And gl- yeah. <laughs> now we're not going to kink shame you, Trevor. But you know. no, it's. Uh, Do you have it's any all idea natural. how ex- any ex- idea how expensive those horses are to maintain? Them? It's the homeopathic well, yeah. version. You have to you have to pay for the horses' trauma therapy because they're killing people every day. It's a whole thing. Anyway, that that that's well, a, that's a thing. That's it's a thing. Welcome to horsemurder.com. It, what just drives me crazy is like, I remember, I feel like it used, everyone used to be all about the uh, waist to hip ratio. Oh, yes. Oh, which then yeah. It's like, oh, well, that's that's junk science. BMI is far more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at what point are we just going to admit that like, I don't know. Ugh, it's such a, yeah. I just love this whole slant here. It's like the simple calculation can help you check your health risks at home. Oh, but like, God. that's stop not- it. Stop it. What? Like, <laughs> yes, you can also go on, you know, Google and look up, you know, health health risks and get the answer for yeah. cancer. What, for what's every gonna single, kill me today.com. Uh, yeah, no, okay. like- the, the new thing after this is gonna be, you know, the, the show Hole in the Wall? No. If you can get through, the, it's the, oh, there's oh. a big wall that comes yeah. towards the contestants. Okay. And it's basically like a little silhouette that they have to like shape their body like, otherwise they get knocked into the water. And that's how we'll measure uh, the alternative to BMI. I think that's awesome. Yeah. If you just, yeah. It gives new meaning, gives new meaning to the term health screening. Yes. <laughs> we literally force you through a template. A fine mesh screen. That's a uh, Kaiser Permanente's uh, yeah. 
That's why I'm dropping them. Yeah. So weirdly enough, none of us feel that good about the whole like proportionate measuring deciding your body. Well, and then and not to mention all the stuff that's come out about how, you know, this is basically this is all these body, I mean, it's done for Caucasian males. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, because because yeah. that's the highest form of life apparently on the planet, and then everybody else it's, just falls no, away Dan, from that don't standard. Don't be stupid. It's not the highest form of life. It's just the only form of life worth preserving. Ah, yes. Sorry, <sighs> got that wrong. <laughs> wow, ridiculous! It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it just it yeah. The on the face of it, if you like, if you start thinking about it, you're like, wow, that really can't be right, can it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's always right. Jesus. Yeah, it just, it doesn't take into consideration the fact that we are a wide variety of bodies across the world naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. They argue for the waist to height ratio that it's better, but it's still not, I mean, it's still not, it doesn't take into account. There's so many factors of bodies across, you know, just bodies are so diverse that there is no one size fits all it's, thing. You know what it feels like? It's like you can, you can measure the size of your finger to see whether or not you'll fit the ring. It's yeah, like there's no, one no. ring. And if you fit that ring, you're good. Otherwise your finger's going to fall off. Well, you know, like, we, but that's not, no. Well, if you, <laughs> if you like surgically attach a ring that's too small for my finger, then of course it's going to fall off. Well, yeah, that reminds me of, I think we're going to talk about this next uh, um, clothing sizes. Yes. That you're supposed to be the size that fits the clothing, not the clothing fits you. Well, okay, but it's it so are we are we are you taking us into fat watch cuz I there's I, a thing there's a way we do that. Oh. Uh, around here <laughs> there's a very specific way that we like to get into the fat watch. Uh yeah, that. Here we go. Oh, it, it, okay. <laughs> oh, I remember this part. Is this <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Welcome Good job. to the show, Dan. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I like it. You, this is only the 97th episode. <laughs> it's okay. Once he hits his stride and gets used to doing this sort of thing. Yeah. You'll catch on quick. It's Fat Watch <laughs> 2022. <laughs> and we, I was like surprised, thrilled, titillated to see more from Input Magazine. Yeah. Mm. Input. I don't roll. And I actually messaged the author of this piece just being like, hey, like, thank you. This is amazing. I love to see this. Yeah. Andrea Carrillo uh, wrote a piece for Input about the lacking inclusivity in plus size. Men's uh, fashion. Men's fashion. Men's fashion. Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah. Which I just, which I find incredibly frustrating. That's part of why I, you know, created that section of the resources page. It actually started there and then like really Yes. Can we, can we pause for a second and just appreciate that resources page? Exactly. Like it is fucking it is incredible. so well done, And Trevor. I don't know if you checked the website statistics, but we got a major influx of people checking that out. Oh, I did a not. Lot, yeah, a lot of people, like, I think quadruple the normal hits on the website, and they were all going to that specific page. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys for checking that out. Yeah. Um, continue to share it. Like, it's such... Like of all the times that we've said, oh, this one article is a really great sort of aggregator of cool resources. Like this is the spot now. Mm -hmm. We have it. It's on the website. It's permanent. It's easy to find. It's searchable. Good stuff. It's, anyway. It's Trevor. It's, it's Trevor's Trevor. brainchild. Um, no, but there is. So the, this piece explores kind of the, the issue of we're seeing this boom in plus size clothing, but not really in men's fashion. And like, mm -hmm. why is that? What can we do? I will say I'm still seeing an increasing number of Hawaiian shirts and rockabilly t-shirts. Oh, I mean, God. 
<laughs> no, he's no, it's, it's true. It's true. And, uh, we talked about this last time, yeah. right. Or, or the really stupid black t-shirt with a dumb slogan. It's funny though. Oh, that was God, on our call. Slogan. That was on our call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Trevor? Like who, who farted? farted? Who farted? Yeah. <laughs> And, and the font is a fart. <laughs> yeah, And it's because when I started thinking about this, I realized how much my taste in clothing has been influenced by the fact that that's all I can find. Right. Yeah. The first time I found a, I guess it was just a standard rockabilly shirt. Right. Um, the first time I found one that was just had an asymmetric print to it. Mm. I went crazy. Like, oh my God, that looks so different. It's the same damn shirt. It just has a different print. Mm. But I was so excited because there's nothing. There's or or just stepping outside the black, brown, navy repertoire that is most fact out clothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I like about the article is they feature Chuck Bass, who is one of my very favorite plus-size male models. Uh, I follow him on Instagram. He's just tremendous. And I love that he was a focal point of this. And he has the quote of like, when I die, I want to be buried in a Versace suit because they won't make one while I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so to be clear, Dolce & Gabbana. Dolce & Gabbana, sorry. Sorry. I got it wrong. Um, I got it wrong. No, my, uh, I mean, this isn't fashion per se, but Michael just got a new job. Um, and they're the company, like the onboarding process are like, oh, you get a t-shirt. And of course <laughs> only, you know, these size selections only went up to two X, which was like, okay, it's I get like, typical, not going, very typical, yeah. but like, I feel like three X is supposed to be a, like the three X kind of is like the pathetic bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like well, two X is pretty. Well, and what, it's not like X's lame. are a real thing. Yeah. yeah. X's are just one, two X is bigger than one X and one X is bigger than no X. And we don't know how big any of them are. Now, Dan, to be clear, I have two X's and let me assure you, they are very real. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, so I, my, my, my like hot take. There we there, go. There, Sorry. Nice. It took me a while. My hot take on the, you know, the spectrum of sizing and I feel like 5X is the new mainstream cap where it was 4X before that it was 3X. Yeah. Um, I feel like 5X is really kind of where you see a lot of things stop. Yeah. In terms of the inclusive sizing. I have often, when when I've gotten like very angry about sizing stuff, thought about messaging Sauce West, who is leading the fight for, hashtag fight for inclusivity. Mm -hmm. um, very outspoken and very frustrated because like, um, it seems like she's the only one talking about this and like people get mad and I- I'm sorry, about male fashion or about- No, just about uh, about um, the, the this sizing. issue in uh, women's fashion, in women's, in women's fashion. plus fashion. Yeah. And I've thought about reaching out because like, I don't want, I don't want to be like, you know, burden a fat black woman being like, you should be talking about men's fashion too. <laughs> I also don't want to be like- Ignore and, her. And ignore her me. and be yeah. like, what about men? So it's the thing about like where I actually do. Well, like, you want to collaborate. Yeah. Like, but also like respect the work she's doing. Yeah. But like. Or just get her this, blessing. This is such a, <laughs> yeah. Because it's such a broad issue. And it is still a major issue for fat women, especially super fat and fat women. Well, and. But like at the same time, it's like the, even just the whole super fat and fat thing is based in women's clothing sizes. Yeah. We, we've talked about this before. I'll uh, include a link kind of explaining Superfet and Finifet for people who don't remember that or aren't familiar. But like there is not even really the language to talk about this mm -hmm. within Ooh, the male well, side there, of things. There is in the gay scene, if then Chubb Chaser scene, but that I is mean, very insular. Even that very, is still like, there's not there's really a definition a, of like Super how, Chubb, Mega Chubb. And yeah. those terms come from, like, I mean. Chasers. 
chasers, but also I would say like mega chub is like porn, like a porn thing. Like that, <laughs> that term came from trying to sell porn. Many of you know specifically, I think what site that came from. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to say it because I don't want. Um, no, but it, I feel I like I'm it, the only one blankly staring around. I, the room know, right I, now. I don't know either. No, but okay. it, 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 it's all we have on the men's side to say things like, uh, large fat, super fat, um, infinite fat. Well, what I was going to suggest, and maybe it's some, in this particular case, it's a little too murky, but maybe part of, maybe an addition to the resources page could be a kind of a glossary, not just of like descriptive terms, but also of like, you know, uh, fat liberation terms and that kind of stuff. So, that, and yeah. like maybe like a guidance on like, okay, this means this, but the implication is this, you know, something like that where people could kind of, I think that's, I think that's great. I, one of the things that, that Chuck Bass points out is, and I think it's entirely accurate. One of the reasons we're not hearing more about fat men's fashion is because fat men are acculturated to not talk about the problem. Mm-hmm. It's unmanly to complain about how you look. It's unmanly. Uh, that's a good point. It's unmanly to complain about, oh, I can't find anything that looks good on me. That is not seen as a straight male concern. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see so much, that's why you see so much lumberjack wear because that's what a masculine man in a large size is, can only aspire to be because those are the fashion choices. As the man who wears the most flannel in the room, <laughs> I, feel I, sh- I feel personally called out, but that's okay. I feel like there's in a In Los way- Angeles where it's a hundred degrees. I don't do it during the summer. <laughs> it's summer year round here. <laughs> we have two seasons, hell and inferno. I am currently under a blanket, let me tell exactly, you. Exactly, when I am like sweating in the air conditioning. <laughs> Men's plus size fashion. Let's let's make it better. Okay, so so yes, main topic time. Yeah, I feel like somebody besides me should introduce this um, only because I'm so the one who feels it. We're we're riled up. Uh, we had a you know this is kind of a bummer episode, and we want to talk about ways you can feel good. I think especially just right now because it's like, I mean, since 2020, you mean- sh- Shutter. I mean, just take a. <laughs> Oh no, he's dying. Oh, no. He's going. <laughs> Did Take you measure your stomach? <laughs> Take a moment since of realizing it's been two years since 2020, since this, we've been on this uh, nightmare <sighs> roller coaster for two years. Thing, I feel like we're going to another one of those uh, splash mountain drops. Yeah, in the thorns <laughs> yeah, again. it's it. Yeah, you're gonna get wet. Um, booster um, shots coming up, though. Hopefully, yeah. So just think about uh, we're, we wanted to, we were thinking about. Ways you can feel good. We do this every so often. Mm-hmm. And let's, uh, I think this is the 2022 spring, uh, spring version edition. of that. What, spring is your, what is the vibe? And is How this feeling you? good in general or particular well, issues? Just, or well, yeah. I feel like we've been stuck in 2020 mode for a very long time now. <laughs> what and, gave you that impression? <laughs> well, and a lot of us have been using the same self-care methods through the entire thing. And that may be getting less and less effective. You can only go back to the same well of peace and tranquility so many times for it starts running a little bit dry. Mm. Yeah. It's like a right. toothbrush. When was the listener? Do you need to replace your toothbrush? Your wellness toothbrush? Well, no. Cause it's like, you think it's fine. You're like, yeah, this is doing the job. Mm-hmm. And then you get a new one and it's like, Ooh, this is so f- nice and soft and it's get, it's doing things differently. Yeah. Maybe it has that tongue scrubber on the back. Oh yeah. Ooh. Tongue scrubber. <laughs> So what what tongue scrubber can we offer our listeners? I mean, I would say like one thing, like I think Michael, you have been 
kind of doing this in, you know, just hiring an editor. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. like really realizing yeah. that like the mode you have been operating at is yep. not sustainable not or functional. Sustainable. And like a lot of people don't do that. I think we're yep. seeing more of that. I think people are, you know, as part of this, this pandemic roller coaster thing. What? Let's call that uh, clearing your, clearing yourself, your, your space. Your, or just like assessing yeah. your lot, like really yeah. taking a look at like. Protecting your own space. I mean, I don't know. How would you? F- yeah. I mean, I think um, part, I mean, for me, it's very much about, I, I just given the work that I've done over the last 10 years or so, I, I have, I'm trying harder and harder to be very tuned into what makes me feel good and what makes me feel bad and what I can do about it. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. But when it comes to the feeling of being overextended and burned out, which I'm very familiar with um, and have less and less often, which is good, uh, that is like identifying stuff that makes me, that does not make me feel good. So for instance, I love recording the podcast. That makes me feel good. Editing the podcast is just work. Um, it's it's literally, it's literally what, I, what you do for a living. what yeah. I do for a living. So um, adding to that, get you no. Know, for instance, not having a Tuesday night, well, okay, fine. You get six other nights of the week, right? But over the course of two years, you know, I've only had six of my seven nights to recharge and I work full time. So like it adds up after a while. Well, the, the thing I wanted to point about, I was going to mention that this seems so simple because, you know, hiring an editor, oh, I got to get the money for that. We got to figure out how to have a Patreon for that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I really love that you did is you rearrange the schedule of your life. Like you just, it's the same things, but you put them in different days. Like you, it was really important to you that you be able to work Monday through Friday. Oh yeah. So that you have the weekend to recharge. And it wasn't the same as having any day off Mm -hmm. for a really long time. Like your weekend seemed to be your work catch up periods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which yeah, that's unsustainable. You'll burn yourself out. It's setting boundaries. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. boundaries for myself. Cause you know, I would, I would not get enough work done during the week or so I thought, and then I would feel bad about that. And I would try and catch up over the weekend. And so I was working shorter work days, but I was never getting a break. And that, so I had to set a boundary for myself, which was I'm going to work Monday through Friday. And then the weekend is, I get to forget about work. I'm Mm -hmm. off. And like shock and surprise for somebody like me, that's great. Like <laughs> that was a whole, that would change my life. Um, and similarly, yeah, freeing up that night. I mean, look, I, I feel like I did this for two years and I, I did my best, but at this point, yeah, like it is a self-care method for me to, to say like, we need to hire somebody. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling a sense of burnout, maybe look at the things that you don't either need to do or want to do mm-hmm. and see how you can minimize that. I wanted to talk a little bit too about uh, like body image and like people feel bad about their body or, and everybody knows you don't just feel bad about your body. You don't just feel good about your body. Mm. It changes day to day. It can even change throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Like you feel, you feel like you look real cool when you leave in the morning and then somewhere in the middle of the day, you catch yourself in some reflective surface. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I look like that. And, and then there's the other component where, and some people might identify with this where somebody gives you a compliment and you dismiss it, but somebody says something like, you know, that's slightly negative and all of a sudden that's your day. Uh-huh. That mm-hmm. is so my brain's modus operandi. It drives me crazy if, uh, to the point where if someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, well, thank you. Now let's move on. And what's the thing you want to actually say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It so you know? gets dismissed. Uh, or some people will be like, you know, <laughs> this is the classic. I find this is, this is, this is like the fuck you. If, Sometimes when people compliment 
your body is, you'll still say like, well, thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> Which is like, wow, I appreciate that you have that opinion, but it's wrong. And it, there's, there's so much negation that people have when they receive compliments or anything positive because it's, it, it just gets dismissed for whatever the, whatever the background radiation is, it just gets dismissed. And what I would suggest, and I do this with myself because they're definitely, I mean, I definitely days, I have bad body days and then someone will compliment me. And I just remember like, oh, I have an opinion about my body. They have a different opinion about my body. I'm going to go with theirs because right now theirs is more fun. <laughs> theirs is yeah. far more empowering than my opinion. And they're both just opinions. And I can credit whichever one I want. They're just opinions. One is not more valid. Yeah. You know, so why don't I go with their opinion? It's a lot more fun. Yeah. One of the things that I've been struggling with recently is I, so as I've said on the podcast numerous times, uh, playing soccer is a huge outlet for me. Um, I mean, it's my primary slash only way of getting any degree of exercise, which I think is helpful in general, just like move yourself in a way that feels good. And I haven't been able to do that recently because I injured my foot. It's not really, it, it, yeah, it's injured enough that I can't play, but day to day I'm fine. Um, and so I've been basically not playing soccer or sort of vaguely playing and then stopping for two months now. Um, and at the end of two months where like, I need that and I can't do mm. it. Like it is just killing me. Mm. Um, and I, I don't really have a good solution for that one. Um, I've been trying to figure out like other ways to, but I guess the self care tip in this is I have been actively researching like what's wrong with my foot. How can I get this better? Then that's why I'm wearing these slippers. Cause they have, I put some arch support in there and so it's supposed to help. So like, yeah. So this comes up in a seminar that I lead. Um, some, I'm actually going to be leading it in at uh, bigger Vegas. Woo. It's called fathead. <laughs> and what it's really about is people's relationship to food, people's relationship to their body, people's relationship to exercise. And one of the things that you talked about, right, was like you miss moving, especially moving in that particular way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows that, you know, there's a mind-body connection and movement can make you feel better and vice versa. Like the wrong kind of movements can make you feel worse. But I think so often we put the emphasis on, well, just take a walk. I know if I tell Trevor, just go take a walk, <laughs> he's already like looking at me like, what the fuck? I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to just walk. Yeah, Even you, just like walking to somewhere, it's like, okay, now I... Like, no, because number one, you want a concrete destination. You just don't want to amble. Yeah. And number two, if you have a concrete destination, why aren't we driving? <laughs> right? Kind of. I mean, I don't know. It really depends. Like I like... So uh, this was, I don't know, a while ago now. I guess it was Thanksgiving-ish. We uh, did that, the drive, the the coast that... Oh, yeah. The PCH? We just, we basically, um, you no, but it's a specific, I'm trying to remember the name oh, of the it. 17 mile drive up at yes, Pebble Beach, 17 mile drive Pebble okay. Beach, because we were in, Pe we were already in Monterey. It's not like we drove to Monterey to do the drive. Um, <laughs> that makes but much we more did sense. a lot. Like we kept kind of pulling off and getting out and like walking around these little areas mm -hmm. and doing little scenic things. And like, I like that. Yeah, exactly. It was scenic and it was short and it was like finite. short bursts and finite, and finite. in your control. So the point I was going to make is sometimes we, we think of exercise or movement as, you know, the most common is taking a walk, but a lot of people like their knees hurt. Walking is not great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you say, well, go swimming. And they're like, great, give me a hundred bucks a month and I'll rent a swimming pool. Yeah. Or so 
But what I want to talk about is there's a lot of other movements and I'm thinking of things like stretching. I'm thinking of things like just stuff you can do in a chair with a video where, you know, we've, you know, Trevor talked a lot about in, I think in the first year of the podcast, all these, you know, on-screen yoga videos Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're just other ways of moving that are fun either because you've never done it before and hell, why not try it? Or two, because you've got some sort of interactivity through the TV screen, through the video. Mm -hmm. But I just want to encourage people that exercise doesn't have to be these traditional forms that your doctor probably told you about, which, but they can be like stretching and they can be, you can be flat on your back and do a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, you know, some of the favorite, my favorite parts of my workout is when I'm doing the floor work, when I'm just stretching on the floor Mm. and it really feels good. Let me let me go back to something that you were saying a moment before because this literally happened to me yesterday, right? <laughs> I have been I have been way too sedentary throughout the entire pandemic, and then getting back into a level of activity has been uh, fighting momentum, mm. right? Like I'm still I have to push very hard to get myself moving. Inertia, again. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I I was like, okay, I have to go walk. I don't want to walk. I just <laughs> I don't want to do this. Um, but it occurred to me, like, well, there's a community garden near me. Right. Like, and I haven't actually taken many pictures of it or anything and really explored it. So I walked to the garden, took a few pictures and then realized when I got there that when I was going walking for the sake of walking, that was, it was tiring, right? It wasn't that far, but it was just like, it took effort Effort. mentally and physically Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. When I was going to take pictures, because I was thinking in terms of like, oh, I'm going to, I was thinking like, I'm going to start documenting uh, different little art things or cultural things around my neighborhood and exploring like murals that people have painted on their buildings and stuff. But that walk to the garden that day was not tiring in the, in the mm-hmm. slightest because I was thinking about things. I was doing something. You changed the context. Yeah. I changed the context. And yeah. not only was it not tiring, but I was like, this was not exercise. Like I probably no, have to because go a little you weren't, you weren't exercising. Yeah. You were take, you were doing a photo project. Exactly. Yeah. That's fun. And there's know? a, I mean, that is a, defining factor for, for athletes as well. Like yeah. the, the mentality that you go into a game with can determine yeah. your entire performance. I've and, never and played a team sport where well, no, I was excited. You, you, yeah. How many times, Michael, have you just talked about, like if someone said, hey, let's go for a run, you'd say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. If I say, hey, why don't we run for an hour playing soccer? You're like, great, let's go do that. I will, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's literally just the mentality. That's, it's the context. It's yeah. the context in which it occurs. Yeah, and 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 we were just talking about this last night at game night at Don's place. We were talking to a friend of ours, uh, likes to work out in the gym and lift weights and all that. And he was proud of having been, you know, moved up to his next milestone. And we were all talking about like, for him, he was like, I didn't think I could do it. It was a bench press, Mm -hmm. um, up to a tier of weight that he's never done before. And we were talking about nothing had changed. He hadn't really gotten any stronger. It was just somebody pushed him a little bit Mm -hmm. and said, you can do this. Yeah. And then he, sat down, he fixed his mind to it and he did it. Mm-hmm. He only did one, but like he was capable and it's that. But what that, a one. Yeah. And that, and it's that, that line of like, if you, the mentality going into it can determine the entire experience that follows. Yeah. No, no, no. It does determine yeah. the entire experience that follows. Yeah. Like it's not very that it can, few people. It's that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think very few people are going to be truly neutral about something like that where, no, you, you, where you, it literally you, doesn't make any Yeah. Difference. And it's not that you, and it comes from the past and you just need to think to yourself, yes, I have this past experience and you can't make it disappear. Like you can't pretend it doesn't exist, but you can say, I am going to like put a line and say, but now I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can put the past in the past. Yeah. 
So I brought a quick list. We can just go down this list if you want of some unexpected suggestions on things people can do to try and improve their moods. Okay. okay. So one of them is do cultural activities. He suggests that like going to things like museums and musicals and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it seems self-obvious, but like it wouldn't occur to me to go to a museum to improve my mood. But if you think about it, the way art works is these artists are putting emotion into these pieces. If you can't, if you can find the way to open yourself to that emotion that's put there in front of you, maybe that can help. Well, and I'd also like to point out, like I'm thinking of the Getty Museum here in Los Angeles, which mm -hmm. I, I always, I always send people to, I say, if you hate museums, this is the museum for you <laughs> because it's so, there's so much to do there. That's, that's not the art. I'm so embarrassed that I've lived here for 20 years and I You've still never haven't made it to the Getty. I was we're, we're going now, Don, I keep now. trying. <laughs> I really it's, liked the Getty Villa too. The Getty Villa is, is, is bigger, but things. what I like about the Getty Center is- well, it's just in terms of like- And it's Starfleet Academy. It's Starfleet Academy. Oh, <laughs> you mean the Getty Center, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but the other thing I wanted to point out is what we mentioned before, that again, if someone said, let's take a walk, you'd say no. But if you're in a gallery setting, you're there to see the art, so different context. And number two, you can walk and sit at your convenience. Mm, Every room has benches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I liked the Villa, because I've, I've only been to each once, or have I been to the Getty Center twice? Maybe. But yeah, having, you know, the freedom to kind of go and stroll and then sit down and talk about the things that you just saw. If you're mm -hmm. there with somebody, if you live in Los Angeles, the Huntington gardens, Oh, uh, beautiful, are mm -hmm. beautiful place to walk because again, the museums are small, but they're spaced out across these gardens. So you could go and just take in two quick museums and then, uh, yeah, go home. Uh, next suggestion on their list is keep a diary of the things that of the wonderful things that do happen to you. Hmm. And rereading it can revisit those joyous moments and invite them back. Mm -hmm. I, so I do have to say about keeping a diary. So I, uh, at the start of last year, I was uh, doing morning pages, which is a writing exercise where basically you write first thing when you get up. It was two, three pages. But, you know, when I hit January 6th. Oh, Oh, was, oh God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that what was, happened on January was, 6th? I mean, just, it, it was the fucking insurrection. I would end up in like this, this exercise where you're supposed to just get kind of get the stream of consciousness out would end up getting myself so worked up. Yeah. I think this one was, they were trying to phrase it a little differently. It's yeah. more yes. of a documentation, a document of what good things you want to hold on to. So like one of the examples they have here is just that barista you liked. Did you talk to them today? Like, did you like that chat? Write that down. It's something that simple. Yeah, I, I would say it might almost be better thought of as a list. Or yeah. as like mm -hmm. you could just jot down this thing that made you feel good. And yep. they're just like little, or think about it as two sentences on one page. And then you turn the page. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, some other suggestions they have is not only meaningful conversations with close friends, but new conversations with strangers, right? Open yourself to new encounters with people um, and find that common connection with people you might not normally speak with. Can I just ask, cause there are at least two introverts in the room. Yeah. I was going to say, obviously not all that? these yeah. suggestions are forever. No, but I'm just curious know? if someone said, Hey Don, go do that. Or Hey Michael, go do that. Or Trevor, hey, I go might do that. begrudgingly do it. And what would that, what would that mean for you? Like, what would it look like? What would talking to a stranger look like for you? I don't even, it would, that would, that would be especially difficult. I feel like post pandemic, Cause I feel like there was a point where I was kind of like doing shit like that. <laughs> um, I think when like you and before I first the pandemic. met, 
I find it's you're in a mode sort of like that. I find it's very easy to make those connections in outdoor spaces still. Like go to dog parks, people with animals are often. I willing just feel to I don't know. I still feel I mean, I hate to be like poo when we're in the, we're talking about feeling good. I am just I don't know, a changed person since the pandemic. And I feel like talking with strangers now, especially in this like weird mode where it's like we have been locked up, we're starting to go back out, is just I feel like before, you know, I, I do, I am a catastrophist, well, but I feel like it is weirder now because people are, people's dials are turned up in the, so many different ways. There's another way to do this though. You don't have to talk to somebody in person. Like, is there a forum online somewhere that's not just a random comment section? For instance, I just joined a um, Dungeons and Dragons players of LA County Facebook page, Facebook group, and I wouldn't. I don't normally engage that much on groups like that, but I've recently I've made a couple posts of my own and commented on things that felt like there was a good discussion. Like I feel like you can get a similar kind of engagement by creating a conversation. And if you need the distance, you can do it online. Hobbyism is fantastic. I know a couple of people who've literally, literally, I am not making this up, joined knitting circles hey. during this, this <laughs> time period. And that's been very uplifting. Um, some other suggestions they have are getting involved with community groups, uh, Listening to sad songs specifically. Can I, can I just say something about the community groups? Mm -hmm. uh, what is what is that website? Um, Meetup. Meetup.com. Meetup uh, I've recommended that to a lot. I've used it. I've used it. Uh, yeah. It's really great because, and it's stuff that you would never think anybody in the world would be interested in, much less, you know, down the street from you. Yeah, I found, <laughs> uh, so when I was, you know, I've been traveling to Nashville a fair amount and then I was out there I was like, you know, I would like to be able to keep playing soccer. And I found uh, several um, soccer games out there through Meetup. Absolutely. Yes. But it's even things like, you know, I, I need to really beef up my Lithuanian tile work. There's a there's a group for that. It's ridiculous. My it's, neighbor hosts a weekly one for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, my Lithuanian tile work is pretty <laughs> lacking. It's true. Uh, listen to, listening to sad songs is one of the big suggestions here because specifically sad songs uh, promote introspection, Thought and catharsis. I like that as a way to work through it that's not mm -hmm. toxic. Uh, spending money on experiences, not items. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a way to help you feel engaged with yourself and with sort of with the world and not just feel like you're nesting, right? Um, set tiny attainable goals. And uh, one they, may, they make, they suggest, for example, is make someone smile, mm. right? Uh, look at beautiful things. Design makes us happy. And eat more fruits and vegetables because reasons. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I One of the things that's really made me feel good, which I didn't used to do just for myself, but um, cooking. And like, mm. but cooking to a degree that, what? <laughs> Yesterday, poor Michael was on oh, the receiving right, right, end right. of my freak out because I successfully made Julia Child's French style omelet at home. Oh wow! Without a, spa without a spatula, no spatula. I was so proud of myself. Ah. I have never, I've never succeeded. I, that I think even the great child herself uses a spatula. Does she not? No, no. I learned it from her. Okay. What does she yep. do? She shakes the pan. Yeah, she shakes the oh, pan, okay. um, and then there's just this one motion she uses flip, yeah. where, like, it just keeps forcing it oh, in yeah. one direction, and the fold happens naturally, <laughs> and then she just dumps it on the plate. And I've never eaten a plain omelet before cool. that I enjoyed so much. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I completely agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, we had a whole egg conversation the other day because you made a dish that you had when you were a kid all the time, right? Yeah. This a chawamushi. It's Japanese steamed egg custard. Oh, wow. Um, 
It is delicious. It's basically, it's eggs whipped with broth and then steamed. Oh my. And it makes this custard that it's very wobbly and gentle and you eat it while it's hot. And but when you put your spoon into it, the custard bleeds the broth. Ooh. It's delicious. I love it. It's very juicy and it has that I think Trevor would like comfort that. food vibe to yeah. it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I did not used to cook for myself really with any degree of effort and you certainly don't have to, but something that I have discovered that I actually really, really like to do is cooking and kind of making shit up. And so now when I go to the grocery store, I'll be walking around and I'll get whatever staples I need. And then I'll be like, Oh, that's funny. I'll grab that. And then I take it and I'll try and figure out something to cook with it. And it kind of makes it into a little game where it's not just like for me, a big part of cooking is cooking for someone that I can kind of give them something that I mm-hmm. made that I put time and effort and then see the reaction, hopefully give some joy. And then for me by myself, it's hard to do. That's definitely true for me. Very utilitarian mm-hmm. self-cooking. Yeah. And so for me, the way around that has been, I'm going to cook something, not just, not necessarily brand new, but just slightly differently. Maybe I'll get an ingredient for something yeah. Um, and then I'll just try, I'll, I'll just see what I can do with it. So like you're passing through the canned food section and you see coconut milk. Oh yeah. Think- I literally got coconut cream and yeah. then I've been trying to figure out things to make with coconut cream there and, um, yeah, that's been fun. And so like that has been kind of a, I a way to keep myself entertained. met a thing made with coconut cream that I didn't adore. <laughs> <laughs> I am half Hawaiian. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's genetic. It, no, it's a good, it's definitely good. I made a scampi the other night, which was- With coconut cream. <laughs> actually, well- yeah, you can. The, the other, well, so I, yes. it was on board. It wasn't the one the other night. I cooked for my family when I was on vacation and I made a scampi and long story short, there's a lot of food allergies and so I couldn't use butter. And so, but there's a lot of scampi recipes that don't use butter anyway, although I think maybe not as well. There's a method that you can do with blistered tomatoes, which I tried the other night, and it's fucking incredible. Blistered tomatoes. Oh my God. Okay, so you can use butter too if you want, but what happens is like you, so when you're making the sauce, it's, you know, shallots, garlic, whatever, red pepper usually. And then, but if you put uh, tomatoes in with it, and I think early in the process, because they need more time, um, you can pull them at whatever, whatever point you want. But if you leave them in the sauce- I'm sorry, leave what in the sauce? The tomatoes. Tomatoes. If you leave them in, eventually they break down to the point that they sort of emulsify in the sauce on their own. And tomatoes, as you know, when you cook them longer, they get sweet. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this sweet, creamy sauce purely because of the tomatoes. Anyway, I could go on about this. I'm so hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I have many questions, but I won't derail us. <laughs> yeah. No, I but, can I can talk you off about it. Trust me. There are a lot of suggestions out there for, you know, uh, trying to pull yourself out of the doldrums. Um, but the same method doesn't always work. We, we need some variety to those things. So uh, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we have a tip? Uh, I mean, I was just going to re- reiterate the resources page. Yeah. That already came up, but. No, do it again. The resources, page. resources. resources. Like the resources page. page. The resources page. What horses? <laughs> on, on the website. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It's very, it's a good stuff. Okay. Well, I have a bit today, but our bit is just going to be a little bit more of a conversational type thing. Um, I can grab the guns. No, we're, <laughs> no, we're I just talking. We're just mm-hmm. talking. Right, you know what? I'm ready. Okay. I'm literally <laughs> sitting here with multiple guns pointed at you, me. Yeah, you started this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. And he's even armed Dan. So now, okay. All right. <laughs> so I'm just going to point out a com- Here's an idea. Um, so which of these things do you think would be the most uplifting for you and why? Right? Hold on. I'm not armed yet. <laughs> So for food, 
Of these four meals, which would each of you prefer? Why? Um, a feast of desserts from around the world and after <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I think I already know that's going to be it. <laughs> An elegant assortment of small delicacies from around the world. A hearty French banquet with all the butter. Or a meal of familiar but excellently prepared home-cooked foods from your childhood. Huh. What was the second one? I think I want that. The second one was an elegant assortment of small delicacies from around the world. Absolutely. I want a hundred amused bouches. I want the, all the, the desserts. You want the desserts? So why the amuse bouche? Um, because it's variety, because it's not all the same. The thing with the desserts is I'm afraid it's going to be a lot of sweet, which, you know, I want. Which it would be. Yeah. Well, Trevor can handle that. I, 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 not so much me. Uh, and I also think that some could be sweet, some could be savory, some could be bitter. You know, it could be, it could be interesting. Okay. I say desserts. <laughs> Rude. You established this precedent. See, this, so, this is why we have a Patreon, so we can have video of this. <laughs> oh, we probably should have video of this. That's actually a good idea. Next time, next time we do the bit, I'm actually going to stand up so I can dodge you people. All right. And I'm assuming dessert because dessert. Like, no Wait, doubt. so what's the right answer, Don? <laughs> <laughs> You've already given it. All of you scored perfectly. All right. <laughs> no. All right. Shopping choices. For those of you who need shopping therapy, uh, which of these four stores would you I'm prefer? I'm aiming left-handed. This is the electronic store, the bookstore, the clothing store, or the novelty store. Yes, Michael. Electronic store. <laughs> bookstore. I don't know. I, I'm, is a novelty store just, is that just a euphemism for a sex shop? <laughs> I, I was thinking, um, God, the, uh, the thing they have in the malls that like have like Spencer's black, gifts, like Spencer's gifts. Like oh, oh a merdaria. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's just a store full of shit. Um, 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 I think the bookstore, although I don't really read cause I listen to books cause I, cause Michael and I don't read. Yeah. Um, but you like, you like the look of them in your room. Well, and I like, I think I like the intellectual titillation. That's fair. Yeah. Well, and again, if you want to strike up a conversation with uh, with someone you don't know very well, a bookstore and a coffee shop is a really nice place to do it. Um, cultural events. Oh, sorry. Uh -huh. Oh, no, no, keep going. Keep going. Cultural events. Uh, art museum. Natural history slash science museum. Okay. Musical or theatrical performance of your choice. Mm. Or a poetry reading. Oh, my. Musical. <laughs> <laughs> Also How musical. did you miss me? <laughs> How in the world did you miss me? I am bad at aiming. Uh, musical. <laughs> musical for me. I don't know. I, I Which one did you say? Musical. Musical. Do you have a do you have a musical that you guys want to say? I mean, my I, I had seen a couple musicals on Broadway when I was a kid, and then there was a gap of maybe 10 years where I didn't see any, and then uh went to see at the Pantages Theater here in LA, Wicked. Wicked. Oh, mm. that's where I saw it for the first time too. Yeah, and the, I actually went with uh, Sam. I don't know if anybody remembers us talking to Sam. Oh yeah, um, the travel and, agent. Yeah, and he got us seats that were like third row back dead center. Oh, and so when fun. she flies up into the air for Defying Gravity, it's just like the most amazing, gigantic, epic. Yeah, it really blew my socks off. And I had not heard the music yet. This oh, was wow. my first experience. That was also my experience of it at, yeah. at Pantages, never having seen the musical or heard the music. Yep. Um, found out afterwards, um, Adam Lambert was in the cast. Really? Oh, we he, saw it. Was he, Holy, was he Fiero? No, he was part of the chorus. 
But it was what? before he was famous. Oh, wow. Because he's got a fucking voice. Yeah. Well, it's musical theater. Like, yeah. If you're at the Pantages, he's you like, can probably sing. He's like lead singer of Queen okay. voice. Like, <laughs> yeah, big voice. <laughs> um, what were the choices again? Really quick. Uh, art museum, natural history, science museum, musical or the- uh, theatrical performance or poetry reading? Boy, that's tough. Um, I would say maybe a theatrical performance or the space, the science and space museum. You have to choose, Dan. Damn it. <laughs> what one, if, one of them. I would sing at the space museum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final one. Your vacation destination. Ocean cruise, tropical beach resort, secluded mountain villa, or gothic castle getaway. Ooh, gothic castle. Gothic castle. <laughs> <laughs> that one got me hard. Oh, <laughs> I got excited. No, I, I the gothic castle. I, I love that as a riding retreat. I love that you could explore the grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I have absolutely no use for the tropical oh, beach. Thing. So okay, quick sidebar. I know we need to wrap this up, but. Uh, they, uh, someone made an Airbnb that's Hagrid's hut, <gasps> but I was saying that everything should be, all the furniture should be giant because Hagrid's not? a giant. Yeah. And like, they should have like a giant toilet <gasps> as a novelty because like, that's just, I think you mean a hot tub. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> oh. It's like a really big toilet where you have to kind of got to like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, like right, throw yourself up on it. What's your vacation destination? Of course, Michael. Would. Of course he would. Um, I'd be happy with any of those, honestly. I think the one that I would pick would also be the Gothic Castle, only because, <laughs> <laughs> only because I haven't done it before. Yeah, I think I've done the rest of those. I'm really just I'm hooked. I have a bunch of friends that are part of the new Dungeons and Dragons online performance community thing. They have a yearly getaway where they all go to a castle in Ireland mm. um, and role play all weekend long. That's, uh, cool. and that's, that's exhausting. Is it like a LARP? <laughs> I think there's at least one LARP event, but it's a it's a mix okay. of different things. Okay. Live thinking, action role play yeah, for yeah. those not in there. That, that sounds exhausting. Uh, <laughs> uh, live action uh, Pooh Bell in Cortland. Oh Jesus Christ! That's a that's deep cut for about one listener yeah. who's well, going to understand. I, I think it's me. I think I'm if the one. If any listener. of our listeners would like to live action role play with us, where would they do that, Trevor? Well, we're on social media <laughs> as <laughs> at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're at Patreon.com/slash Big Fat Gay Pod. Visit us on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Yeah. Five stars there. Five stars everywhere. Reviews, reviews, five stars. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. I have my coffee sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe you are, uh, you're strolling in a garden because Don told you to. And you see a strange, an unusual flower and it's, closed up but you see petals peeling back and you oh. you lean in and the petals the flower opens and it's michael and he's got a dart gun so <laughs> watch out 